Damn it. And I'm going to keep this in. It is Blackberry. I said Black Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I said Black Cherry. And it's Blackberry. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 70, recorded on March 19th, 2022. My name is Connor, and today my co-host Bryce takes the programming language quiz. All right, episode 70. We're going to start off by saying that our thoughts and our hearts are with the people of Ukraine. As uh, the last two episodes, I think actually... I don't know when exactly things escalated, but it was somewhere in between the last two episodes when we yeah. were interviewing Andre Alexandrescu. But when we recorded that, it was mid-February, and definitely the invasion hadn't happened yet because we were speaking to Andre, who's from Romania. So that definitely would have been topical, and it would have come up. So yeah, we just want to say that, yeah, thoughts and hearts are with the people of Ukraine, and any of the folks that are in uh, neighboring countries that have opened their hearts and their homes to... Uh, shelter the family and people of Ukraine that have fled. Our hearts and thoughts are with you as well. And also to a lot of the people of Russia that are not uh, supporting or are are not supportive of what the government of Russia is doing. Because, yeah, in the C++ community, there are definitely a ton of Russian and Ukrainian developers. So we're, we're thinking about you, and we're hoping that uh, definitely. this ends soon. Awkward transition to... <laughs> Our regular episode. So uh, Bryce has no idea what we're going to talk about. The first thing we're going to talk about is I have five... I, I mean, when do I ever have an idea what we're going to talk about on this podcast? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Like when we have a guest, you always are informed of our guests. But it's going to be another quiz today. Oh, great. This just means that at some point he's going to bring on a surprise guest. <laughs> I I was about to say I'll never do that to you, but you know now it's an idea in my head, so we'll we'll think about it. But five corrections, four corrections... From a few of our past episodes, plus a tweet, the first correction from episode 64, we were talking about biking trails, and you said, I mentioned a trail, and I was like, do you know what the name of it is? And you said the San Thomas Aquino Trail. Uh, That was actually not the trail I was thinking about. That's the one that goes to the NVIDIA HQ or buy it. I was thinking of the Guadalupe River Trail, uh, which Mm -hmm. is a fire trail. By fire, I mean it's awesome, not that it's on fire, which... Now that I say that, I would imagine some people could actually think that it was on fire due to the fire forest, fire forests, forest fires down in California. Um, but yeah, awesome trail that is by San Jose. I'd recommend you to go bike it, Bryce. But you're now in New York, so no can do. That's right. Until we're back. And it's it's just like the the weather's just gotten to be good enough like this week that I'm gonna probably get out on my bike sometime sometime in the next week for the first time since uh, October or November. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's. Weather has been, I mean, it's still snowy here in Toronto, but a couple days ago it hit 15 degrees, which is probably like 50 degrees in Fahrenheit for our American listeners. And uh, that's pretty warm for the middle of March. Um, So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, mistake number one, the Guadalupe Trail, not the San Thomas Aquino. I'm sure our listeners or our listener cares. Uh, (laughs) Correction number two, our future sponsor, Bubbly. The best flavor is not Blackberry. It is Black Cherry. I am so sorry, Bubbly, for messing up the name of the purple Bubbly. I will never make that mistake again. They're going to they're gonna pull our oh. sponsorship deal now. Damn it. And I'm going to keep this in. It is Blackberry. I said Black Cherry. 
<laughs> I said black cherry, and it's blackberry. Blackberry, as in the name of the Canadian like company. company. How can I ever mess that up? Yes, if you're too young because you're still you in know university. You used to work there? Uh, Tony Van Eerd. He's actually the tweeter that we're going to talk about on point oh. number five. So first two mistakes, the bike trail, the bubbly flavor is blackberry, not black cherry. The next mistake is from episode 65 when we were, you, I was trying to solve your Volvo Wordle. Wordle's never coming up on this podcast again. Why? Because I went to Ireland and when I came back, the time difference broke my streak. I didn't miss a day. You're probably thinking, oh, Connor, <laughs> you messed up the time difference. I did not. I did not. And my streak is gone. I still have a 100% win rate, but my streak is not uh, there. So Wordle, you're dead to me, unless if you fix my win streak. And anyways, isn't the state client side? I have no idea, but I'm blaming the New York Times. And, I'm pretty and sure Wordle. it's client side, and it's like a cookie. And I, you know, I suspect that you could figure out how to hack the state. Well, if one of our listeners wants to send me the fix for that, I will do it. I am not spending any of my free time researching how to fix New York Times mistakes. Anyways, from that episode where I was trying to get Volvo, I said Ooklas was the name of the speed test website. It is not. It is Ookla, which is actually five letters. With the S, it would have been six. Important to fix. Our listeners care. Mistake number four, we said epoxy. And I'm sure there were a couple listeners when we said epoxy, they're like, doesn't epoxy start with an E? Why are they? Because I think that was when we were solving the word that oh, ended wait, wait, up being... We said, we said it started with an A and it starts with an E. Yes, it does start with an E. It does not start with an A. I don't know why we thought... I, I never suggested that it started with I an think it was me. You I did. think it was me. It wasn't yeah, you. Yeah, it was you. Anyways, those are our four mistakes. The bike trail, the Blackberry Buble, Ookla, not Ooklas, and epoxy starts with an E, not an A. And that brings us to Tony Van Eerd's tweet... Tony, on 9.55 p.m. February 11th, tweets out, not going to lie, I was driving by a shopper's while listening to this podcast, and it convinced me to stop and buy a bubbly water. Turns out there was two for $3, $3 deal, so I bought two. That's what we like to hear, Tony Van Eer. Thank you for sharing with us. And bubbly, if you're listening, that's proof. We are causing monetary capital gains for your company, your bottom line. Let's let's do it. All right. That's the end. Anything you'd like to add to my four corrections and tweet before we get into today's pop quiz? I don't got anything. Let's, let's come at me. Okay. This is going to be fun. This is going to... Wait, wait, wait. Am I allowed to cheat? Uh, no cheating. No cheating. Mm, no Googling. It's be tough because I'm, I'm sitting in front of a... I'm like actually in a browser window right now. But go ahead. I'll try not to cheat. First, let's get open programming language quiz. Oh, I got I to gotta warn you. I have to warn you of one thing, mm -hmm. which is the reason I had to reinvent my computer before we recorded was that I was running Memtest uh, because I was pretty sure that the RAM in my laptop was bad because my computer had been you know, randomly crashing and doing weird things. And it is, in fact, bad. So it is entirely possible that like halfway through this, Mm. My computer will like choke and crash again and we'll lose the entire recording. Look at that. So. Bryce making up excuses <laughs> just like he did back in high school whenever there was a test. I did I did make up lots of excuses or bullshit would be a more accurate word. Oh, and, wait, wait. Yeah. I shouldn't show you this one. Shouldn't show you this one. We'll look at this after. Yeah, I'm covering my eyes. So I recently during a thank you day from NVIDIA where NVIDIA gives us a couple days off made a programming language 
dependency graph using Python's GraphViz. I've got another story about Python and how Python bricked my computer when I went to wait, Ireland. Wait. Python's graph. You mean you mean the Python interface to to GraphViz? Correct. Graph yeah, because it's it's a generic yeah. thing. Um, I just use like you know dot if I need to make a graph. Yes. Well, I think it uses dot on the back end. So. Anyways, that would actually that 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 whole package of software would be an interesting thing to talk about at some point. Okay, okay, we'll put it on the list. Graphviz is awesome, and we'll see at the end. But yeah. this led me to make a small little programming language quiz, which I'll probably turn into a talk at some point. So here we go. I'm going to put two programming languages logos. Uh, this is audio, so I'll read them out for the listener. And Bryce has to tell me what when you combine them, what language you get. Here we go. I think there's nine, so we'll see. What percentage is he gonna is he gonna wait, bat wait, above? If, if this was not audio, you would not you would not read out what the languages are, and you would expect people to know what the languages are from the logos. No, I'd read it out as well, uh, just in case they didn't. But I mean, most of them are obvious. So, number one, question number one: C plus 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 Haskell equals what? Play along, listener, in your head, or out loud if you want. If you're going for a run, going for a bike ride, going for a walk, walking the dog, doing dishes in the car. I don't know, small talk? You think C++ plus a functional language equals small talk? That is incorrect. I'll give you a second guess, but you won't get any points. You got zero for this. You got zero for this. I have no clue. What do you I think a more clue. functional C++ language is? Like a language that's like C++? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, there's none that I could think where you would use this combination. Boom. Well, see, I was thinking that, but that, that one does not make like, that does not make a lot of sense. To it me. does actually. There is, I talked to David Kunst, actually recorded a podcast with him that never ended up airing uh, for a podcast that I never started, which actually I have started. There's some breaking news. Uh, you got to go. See, f- see I, I, I'm going to defend my my decision is small talk because small talk is also an object oriented language which i believe is also more functional than c++ first of all small talk was created before both c++ and haskell you never you never said that it was a prerequisite that the language that the the languages on the right hand side i mean of quality had to i mean be i'm i'm pretty sure that was kind of implied i just want to defend my choice here that okay. like small talk it's also an object oriented language which i thought was why you had c++ there and it's got, you know, I think it's more functional than C++. Mm. Dude, you're, you're writing a thesis about, about developing a combinator library in Smalltalk. Yeah, but that's because I'm building, up, I'm building it on top of another functional, a uh, Faro functional library, which basically introduces a bunch of functional things. I mean, Smalltalk is admittedly, I think, feels very functional, but like... It's not because it's uh, very use idiomatic. Small talk is really mutable. There's no such thing as pure functions. It's based on message passing. It feels functional, but it is not. But anyways, the other the other one that I was gonna that I was thinking about was C sharp, but I don't know how. Uh, I mean, C sharp is also pretty functional. Um, what's his name? Uh, Eric Meyer worked a lot on it and um, really worked on getting Link, which was heavily uh, functional programming inspired. But anyways, Rust. Has a ton I'd of love to have him give a keynote at um, you know one of the C conferences a few years ago. We did like other programming languages as a keynote theme for C now, and I think we'd reached out to him, but like we just you know they, we never made the connection. But 
joint. I've seen him speak once, and he was pretty good. Yeah, Eric Meyer, he's awesome. I'll link a couple yeah, of his so, talks. Hey, so if you're listening, Eric Meyer, like, call me. I want to. I <laughs> if I find out that know. Eric Meyer is a yeah. listener of our podcast, I'll be thrilled. But will be very excited. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the case. But anyways. He r- is in, like, our circle on Twitters, I believe. Uh, that's true. I actually know, um, Paul Taylor, who's a coworker. He works on Rapids. Um, he knows, uh, Eric Meyer quite well. So. Oh yeah, I know Paul. Um, yeah. Hi Paul. In case Paul's listening. Yeah, Paul doesn't. Ah, maybe Paul listens. Hi Paul if you're listening, but I don't think you are. Anyways. See, the re- the, re- the reason that I'm surprised by Rust is that, like, I don't think of, like, the functional part of Rust as being, like, the defining thing about Rust. Well, so here, we're, we gotta wrap this up because this is question one and this podcast's gonna end up being an hour at this rate, but, um... The story I was going to tell earlier about David Kunst is that at one point during one of the companies he worked at, they were going to start a new project and they were going to choose a new language. And they chose six uh, classically functional languages like PureScript, Elm, Elixir, etc. Haskell was one of them and a couple others. And then they added, ended up adding on a seventh one, Rust, just for kicks because they thought they'd heard, oh, that, you know, it was uh, Rust was initially implemented in OCaml and a lot of the... What? Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. It was initially implemented in OCaml, and it, it has adopted, like, the uh, error types. Basically, like, the its idiomatic Rust uses, uh, you know, the option type and errors. So, like, std expected and std optional in C++ are the idiomatic way to program in uh, Rust. Anyways, I'm not going to say more about it, but the point is Rust extremely functional. And there's um, a, a quote by uh, his... Twitter handle is like R-O-E-S-C-H. I can't remember, but I think it, I can't remember. I heard him say though once that a lot of people view Rust as like the love child of Haskell and C++. Anyways, question one, incorrect, zero for one, and they get harder from here, I think. Um, oh, 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 no. <laughs> question oh, number no. two, Simula plus C. I don't even know that much about Simula. What is, what is Simula not? I just got to let you know, our listeners are going to be disappointed. Why? You'll know why when I say the language. Well, isn't Simula an object-oriented language? It is. So replace Simula with objects plus C. It's got to be C++. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I got that one right. Uh, (laughs) Simula 67 is actually a lot of people... Yeah, because because doesn't... doesn't, uh, It's it's object-oriented, doesn't it have similar inheritance and polymorphism... Um, classes have a template system though uh no i don't think so uh classes and inheritance first showed up in simula and a lot of folks actually think that like the og object-oriented language is simula not Smalltalk. but that's because Smalltalk messed up in its branding and it really should have said it was a message passing system uh language not an object-oriented language in my what, opinion what but. language what languages did c++ draw inspiration from for templates uh, I want to say Ada, but I could be yeah, I could yeah, be I could be wrong yeah, about that. I think you're right. It, well, I mean, I, I think Ada is certainly one of the ones that had templates. Um, yeah, I feel like one of the languages that Stepanov implemented his STL in. But, but before they, call, he, they call them generics, right? They call them generics. Yeah, Ada generics, I think. Um, but yeah, one of the languages he implemented the STL in was Ada. It was like Ada, Scheme, Java, and then finally C plus plus. We we just published the latest revision of Ada. I know this because I am, you know, U.S. Programming Languages Committee chair, and Ada is one of the like three programming languages that we interact with fairly regularly. And so they just put out the latest revision. Nice. We'll link and that I, in I've the. Actually, 
I can't say much more, but I have had ADA related conversations at work in the past two years. Interesting. You know what that means, folks? I can say this because I don't I'm not in the know. Kuda Ada coming to coming to a theater near you sometime soon. Anyways, uh maybe. <laughs> one for two, batting fifty percent. Uh I have no idea what the next one is because I actually made the slide deck like a month How ago. How is this one harder than the other one? I mean in general. I think a lot of people are less familiar with Simula, but you're a C dev. Okay. So so this one you've got C plus small talk. Correct. One, why doesn't Smalltalk have a better logo than that? So Smalltalk two, doesn't actually have a logo. So what Bryce is looking at is at the cover of a Byte Mazine. Okay. Um, so on on the C++ one, though, you had Simula on the left of the plus sign and C on the right of the plus sign. And the answer was C++. And I think it would have made more sense to have C on the left and Simula on the right because you were going for, like, C with classes. But then on this slide, you've got C on the left and then small. Like, what well, you should be consistent There's with where you put C. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just added these randomly. There's no pattern. <laughs> Admittedly, yes, the, the C plus simula, the C is more important. But yeah, there's there's no there's no pattern. My bad. But, I should, but I hang on, been... it, it 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 took act because you probably just like copied this slide multiple times, and this slide comes right after the previous slide. So you actively had to put the C on the right side instead of the left. Like you had to move it once you copied it. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. Why did I do that? Nobody knows. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know myself. Uh, so C plus small talk. Question number three. What's the listener thinking? They can't. <laughs> they can't like, assume that you don't repeat answers, right? Correct. Um, Will it be thirty three percent or sixty seven? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe Swift. Not a bad guess, but that is incorrect. I'll give you half a point. We're going to give you half a point because, and I'll let you guess again. Actually, no, I'll tell you the answer because we're, we're short on time. Um, Swift was a successor language to the answer to this question. So Swift was basically the new version of Objective-C. Oh, that's, oh, oh. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. I mean, it is. It is fair. Um, but yeah, basically C plus small talk is objective C and then objective C was irritating people. So Chris Latner went and created Swift along with one of our past guests, Dave <laughs> yes, Abrahams. That, that, is, that, is, that is the sole reason that Chris created Swift was because objective C was irritating people. You know who we should have on the podcast? We should have Swift and Tanya on the podcast. Or we should have Chris and Tanya on the Swift, podcast. Swift and Tanya. Yeah, I'd love to have both of them uh, on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be dope. Um, all right, so we're at 1.5 for three because Bryce wasn't wrong. Uh, he didn't guess the logo on the slide of Objective-C, but he was not wrong, which is great. So 1.5 out of three, 50% still. This one is... Tricky. Small talk plus Pearl. We're looking at an onion on the screen. Pearl also famously doesn't really have a logo. It actually has like four logos. It's got an, a camel from the O'Reilly book, an onion from the purple one, um, a raptor. Does Pearl, does Pearl have classes? This is really more, it's small talk with Pearl syntax is what this is representing. Python? Oh, close. I'm not going to give you a point for that. The answer is Ruby. Yeah, I would never have gotten that. Yeah, so 1.5 for 4. Oh, this is going to make math hard. So that is uh, 37.5%. Is that right? 
Three over eight. I don't know. You're the actuary. Yeah, man. yeah. Thir- I just have a math degree. I don't deal with numbers. One point five out of four. It's thirty-seven point five percent currently. Ruby plus Erlang. This one's a hard one. Oh, I, 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 I have zero shot of. <laughs> this um, is Elixir. I'm sure a couple of our uh, listeners are, or no, actually, I could say that a couple of our listeners got that. So yeah, Elixir is a functional language that takes the OTP model from Erlang and adds it to adds Ruby syntax to it. So that's 1.5 out of 5, which is 30%. Moving on to question number six, Java plus Lisp. Java plus squiggly lines. Um, huh. How many Lisp dialects, dialects do you know? A, does it that it's a um, some number? Does that mean it's a JVM language? It is a JVM language. And Hang on. it is a Lisp. Um, There's a... There's a non-zero probability that Bryce is cheating right now. I think it's either got to be Scholar or Closure. It's one of those two. One of them's a Lisp. Which one do you want to guess? I'm going to go with Closure. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Which is a, with a beautiful logo, I might say. If you haven't seen the Closure logo, check the show notes or just Google it. It's a pretty nice logo. It's yeah. one of my favorite logos. Very beautiful. I think Rich Hickey, the designer of the language, his brother designed it. I could be wrong about that. But if not, it's a great story. And that was number six. So you are 2.5 out of six, which is halfway between 33% and 50%, which is like 40... Not good. Not good. It's like 44%. It. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Not great. All right. So 2.5 out of six. Moving on to question number seven, Java plus Haskell. Is it also a JVM language? This is correct. Scala? That is also correct. That means you're at 3.5 out of seven. For those of you that don't know, Scala is basically a a Haskell implemented on the JVM with worse syntax. Um, But still, a beautiful language. And I think they... Came I up think with some people would take umbrage with that. I mean, I think actually most Scala developers are huge Haskell fans that just want a more practical Haskell to program uh, yeah, in production. But, uh, so they would all probably agree that Haskell's more beautiful, cause, but cause Scala's more practical. Scala is statically typed, right? Correct. Yeah, and so is ha- so so Scala would not have made sense for the previous question because we were talking about Lisp. Correct. Yeah. So three point five out of seven. We got two questions left, and Bryce has gotten himself out of the hole he was in and he's batting 50 batting 50 um <laughs> moving on to question number eight this one i think is tricky c sharp plus ocaml oh my god um well what is ocaml known for um it's an ml which stands for meta language yeah um is this a dot net language it is a .NET language. It is basically the functional F... Sh- oh, 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 shiza. <laughs> it's F-sharp. <laughs> I, I, I would have gotten there, I think, because there's not that many .NET languages. Let's see. What other guess? No, yeah, there's, I don't think there's any others that I could have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed J-sharp, so yeah, I would have guessed F-sharp. Yeah. yeah, we'll give it to him. We'll give it to him. 4.5 out of 8, uh, but yeah, uh, that was a pretty bad oh, mistake yeah, on my part. F-sharp is an ML, right? Correct, yeah. It's considered an ML. Um, so 4.5 out of 8 is 56%. Technically, nice. it's like 56 nice. point something because it's 12.5 divided by 2. Uh, so if you you basically have bat fifty, no matter what. If you get this next no one bad. wrong, you get fifty. If you get it correct, that'll be uh, five point five. 
which is basically 60%. Um, all right, so last but not least, question number nine. Oh, yeah, that's, there's the F-sharp logo. No one recognized it. It's a blue really? diamond. It's not an F? It used Why to be. It used to be apparently something to do with music, like a music note or the F sharp, yeah. something like that. But yeah, now it's. I don't know. It's like a deconstructed version of that somehow. I'm sure. Algol plus Lisp is question uh, number nine. What? Okay, hang on. Let me think about this. Algol plus Lisp. So is it a Lisp? It is a Lisp, and you've already guessed one Lisp closure, so you know it's not that Lisp. So the question is, is how many other lisps do you know? And that's like a really old one. And it's like contemporary. I think it's contemporary with like original lisp. Um, hmm. Okay, so what are the properties of algo? Well, it's imperative. Um, so what lisp is imperative? I think uh, I'm going to get in trouble for actually not remembering this because it was in SickP that algo had lexical scope or it had one of the there was lexical and then what's the other one dynamic scope so i think it, it took like lexical scoping from algal and combined that with lisp and so this lisp was the first one with lexical scoping i could be wrong and maybe you're supposed to replace the word lexical with dynamic uh, but i think i'm right in fact i can just google this well given that you mentioned sick p i'm gonna guess scheme oh snap that is correct uh and i should Which not is the lisp that i actually know the best <laughs> Um, although I will question whether it is actually a combination of algal plus, um, Oh, it definitely uh, is. Yeah. Because that's where this equation comes from is from the sick P textbook. It talks about how, Oh, uh, really? Um, I have the, Connor's very jealous. I have a physical sick P textbook, which, which is apparently worth like $250. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go, uh, sick P. I can just open the physical copy and, and look. You know, because I have the physical copy. If we go to Amazon.ca, uh, the hardcover is one thousand one hundred seventy-six dollars and sixty-eight cents. Yeah. And I have the hardcover. Wow. Yeah, because they don't they don't sell those anymore. You can get the paperback for seventy bucks. Yeah. But yeah, the they're very very hard to come across. If you ever find a purple book in a bookstore with two wizards on the front that says "Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs," you buy that book. And uh, either keep it or then go sell it online. Give it to me. That would be really. A... It's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, at least on the Canadian site. Let's go okay, to. If, um... if you want to buy a copy of Sickby, uh, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I couldn't part with it. Amazon. Let's see what Amazon.com. Maybe you can get it for cheaper in the states. Uh, structure and interpreter of computer programs. Hit this. We go to hardcover. In hard in America, it's only one thousand. Uh, one thousand. It's only one hundred thirty-two dollars and ninety-five cents. Okay, that's that's you know, which is more reasonable. More reasonable. All that being said, is that if we break out of this uh, power, uh, programming language quiz and we head over to this diagram, I'm not sure if you've seen this diagram. Ooh, nice diagram. But yeah, this is what I created using Graphviz, and uh, yeah, it's in dark mode now because I'm adding it to a slide deck at the moment that is all dark mode. Id. And in the future, I've added a couple esoteric languages to this one that you're looking at right now. I'll leave a link in the show notes if people want to take a look at this, because it is rather pretty, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, SASL KRC, KRC, which stands for St. Andrew Static Language and Kent Recursive Calculator. They're two languages that David Turner, the individual who also created Miranda, the main language that influenced Haskell, 
those those three languages, Miranda, KRC, and Sassel, are all implemented uh, on top of combinators, and it uses graph reduction techniques uh, to compile the language down. And uh, FP and FL, which are basically languages that contributed to J, are crazy fascinating languages. FP is the language that John Backus mentioned and basically outlined in his 77 Turing Award-winning paper, Can von Can We Be Liberated from Von Neumann Languages? Super fascinating read. He calls combinators in that paper combining forms. But yeah, I'll stop rambling about that. We'll talk about that in another episode. It's. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I, I got. I have. I have one for you that I think is a is a challenge. Oh, here we go. Flipping the quiz. Can Connor go one for one? All right. All right. It's gonna be. Awk, plus scheme. Awk, plus scheme. I mean, so is it a lisp with like. The power it's of not a, it's, it's not, not a, lisp. a lisp. Yeah. So I'll I'll walk the audience through my thought process. My first thoughts are that it's either I mean if you aux definitely a language, and I don't know much more about sed, but sed goes right next to aux. So my first thought is that it's sed. It could also be regex if you consider that a language. But so I'm just trying to think of like uh, languages similar to aux. I'll go with sed. Does that count? Uh. Sure, but that is incorrect. I'll give you one more guess. One more guess. It's not a lisp. Pearl? What it, what it, what it, uh, what it, well, I'm going to let you rethink that guess after I give you the hint. The, what it takes from awk is that it's like data driven and event driven, not, you know, not, uh, more of your like traditional compiled program. Now I have no idea. SQL? JavaScript. Awk plus Brendan, lisp. Brendan, I'm pretty sure that Brendan Eich, Eich, However you pronounce Ike, his name, Ike. Um, Ike has has said that Auk was one of one of his inspirations. Interesting. And, yeah, I should have guessed that because I, I did know that initially JavaScript was called LiveScript, and Brendan Ike wanted it to be a Lisp in the browser, and then basically yeah, his yeah. superiors were like, "No, no, 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 no. This needs to be like Java." So then he kept the core feeling of it being like a Lisp, but then changed all the syntax to sort of mimic what Java did, and then they yeah. rebranded it from LiveScript to JavaScript. So I could have gotten my way there, but I, I did you not know. You could, like, you could arguably say it's really like a C++ plus um, awk plus uh, a scheme, and the C++ being the one, it's a, it's a multi-implementation standardized language, and it draws its syntax from Java, C, and C family things. Yeah, JavaScript implement influenced by Java, Scheme, Self, Awk, and Hypertalk. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about Self or Hypertalk. Self is a language implemented by David Unger and was basically inspired by Smalltalk, but it removes classes from. So it's basically Smalltalk is both classes and objects, and you use classes to instantiate objects. Whereas self is a purely prototyped based language where everything's an object and you create an object by cloning another object. So JavaScript is also a prototype language. And the only reason I know all this is because I just covered IO, which is the second book in my seven languages in seven weeks uh, meetup that we're currently doing. And IO is basically a prototype language based on self. Um, So I learned all that like in the last month or two. Cool. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.